Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Well, a good Sunday evening to you, fellow MAGA extremists. Welcome to the John Whitmer Show, sponsored by Wink Hartman, the Hartman Group of Companies. Very happy to have you with us this evening here at your local liberal resistance headquarters, where we proudly champion the conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. Happy to have you tonight uh, joining us. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open. You can reach me at 316-869-1330 by email at john at knssradio.com, on Facebook at The John Whitmer Show, and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. I would love to hear from you. I always enjoy. I've got Twitter up on my screen right in front of me, so if you want to reach out, you can also tweet to the station. I've got the, the station's uh, Twitter feed up as well. That's at KNSS Radio. You can tweet to either of us. We'll be happy to respond to you. We've got a great show planned for you this evening. Former Fox News contributor Kevin Jackson will be with us to discuss what Donald Trump and Joe Biden's latest controversies say about what to expect from the 2024 election. Speaker of the Kansas House Dan Hawkins will try and explain why Governor Laura Kelly vetoed funding that would have preserved the archaeological integrity and educational importance of an important stop on the Underground Railroad. I, I This lady, there's just not a whole lot of reason and rationale to what Laura Kelly does sometimes. This one befuddles even me. Dave Trobert from the Kansas Policy Institute will be with us to walk us through a new report showing eighth-grade students performing at or above grade level in the study of civics and U.S. history has declined now for the last four years, according to the nation's report card. You can't blame all that on COVID, but basically America's students are failing civics. And Mike Brown, chairman of the Kansas Republican Party, will be with us to respond to the concerns 
that have risen since the party's rules committee forwarded a proposal to amend the party's constitution to remove numerous elected officials and organizations from the state committee. We heard from Kelly Arnold on this topic last Sunday, and the state chair, Mike Brown, will be with us a little later on the show. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls at 316-869-1330. So feel free to give us a call. We'll try and get you in whenever we can. Um, so Joe Biden, you know, creepy, sleepy, dopey Joe, was in Japan this week for the G7 summit. I'm not entirely sure Joe was aware that's where he was, but he was. He was there. Saw the video. And sometimes a small thing is fraught with meaning and occasionally with peril. And so it was with Joe Biden's stumble, or or rather near stumble, depending on how you want to spin it, at the G Summit, G7 Summit in Japan. Um, he lost his balance going down a few steps again. This is now becoming a somewhat regular occurrence. But he lost his balance going down a few steps at a sacred shrine on Friday as he was going to greet the Japanese prime minister. He managed to regain his footing with some quick steps and focus, which <laughs> focus is something that's even harder for him to regain. But he, he stuck the landing and ended up shaking the prime minister's hand like nothing happened. Joe's good at pretending. But how close was he and the United States to a major international embarrassment and a it could have been a seismic political event had he you know stumbled and fall? I mean, I remember when you know George Bush was president and he he choked on a piece of fish. That was a major incident. And a couple inches either way, it's impossible to say, but maybe you know Joe takes a header, and Lord knows where we are if Biden were to do a face plant, even down a few steps, it could be very ugly. I mean, keep in mind, he's 80 years old, folks. Fairly or not, it'd be a symbol of U.S. decrepitude. If he falls and breaks a hip and has to call LifeWatch, <laughs> help me, I've fallen and I can't get up. I mean, how bad would it be? It's one thing to have a senior senator from California who obviously should have hung it up decades ago, but it's another to have a president of the United States lacking the agility to get around, I mean, can't even navigate a few steps. And for the last three years, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue Avenue has been the most expensive nursing home in the country. And it's frankly, it's embarrassing. To set aside the embarrassment factor, he also could get badly hurt. I mean, keep in mind, Mitch McConnell fell a few months ago and had to be hospitalized. He suffered a concussion and a broken rib. And again, it'd be a, another order of magnitude for this to happen to a president of the United States, especially a president as old as Joe is and as geriatric as Joe is. And I don't say this with any pleasure. As anyone who has dealt with a parent in decline knows, aging and its attendant loss of capacity are frustrating, they're heartbreaking, they're humiliating. And, you know, it only gets worse from here. No matter how rocky Biden was on those steps the other day, he presumably is only going to be shakier as things go on, let alone four years from now. 
and in their apparent willingness to acquiesce to another Biden nomination, Democrats are looking away from the enormous risk this represents not only to their political prospects and to Biden's personal health, but to our country. I mean, Biden could take a literal wrong step at any time, and there's no guarantee that it would happen at a convenient time for him or for our country. And while the public might sympathize or ignore the health troubles of rank-and-file politicians, for example, Senator John Fetterman, any adverse Biden event would confirm widespread doubts about his capacities and about the wisdom of him running again. And all of this should be factored into any calculus of how electable Joe Biden is or how strong a candidate he is against any Republican, regardless of who we put up. It's understandable that Democrats feel they're stuck. I mean, there's no good way to leverage an incumbent out of office if he doesn't want to go. Look at Dianne Feinstein. But can our nation afford four more years of geriatric Joe Biden? And I haven't even addressed the mental health. President Biden is 80 years old. At age 78, he became the oldest person to assume the presidency in U.S. history. By the end of his term, he'll be 82. Now that Biden has officially confirmed he's running for re-election, that means he'd be 86 by the end of his second term. Eight years older than the average life expectancy for an American male. Does anybody think that he's fit for office? And on the heels of Biden's official announcement for re-election, 63% of Americans in a new Washington Post-ABC poll said no, they don't think the 80-year-old is mentally sharp enough to run the nation effectively. And 62% believe Biden is not in good enough physical health to be in the Oval Office. Among independent voters, 66% say they were weary of his mental fitness, and 71% said Biden was showing he was too old to be president. Heck, one in five Democrats say their party's leader does not have the mental sharpness or physical health to serve effectively. The doctors report following Biden's latest physical in November of 2022 found, quote, a significant worsening in the president's gait, which in some cases can be related to degenerative disease in the brain or the spinal cord. Unquote. That's from Biden's own doctor. The report also concluded that Biden was, quote, fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency, of course. (laughs) Because, again, his doctor's a Democrat. As Biden runs for re-election, He needs to provide explicit reassurance to voters, many of whom have seen family members decline rapidly in their 70s and 80s. Instead, he's busy eating ice cream and doing photo ops. Joe Biden is 80, seven years older than Reagan was during the 84 campaign. If Biden is elected, he'll be three years older on the day he takes office for a second term than Reagan was on the day he left office. So, yes, his mental fitness is a legitimate issue. Look, folks, let's be honest. Joe Biden should be sitting in a nursing home somewhere in Delaware, eating tapioca, enjoying life with his grandkids. He should not be doing this job. He's not mentally or physically fit for the job. But if Republicans don't nominate a candidate 
who can win in November, Geriatric Joe will be back in the White House stumbling his way around the Oval Office. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, Mike Brown, chairman of the Kansas Republican Party, will be with us to respond to the Rules Committee's proposal to amend our state party constitution. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Studio lines are open. We'll be back right after this. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. I'm sorry, can I come in and get out of the rain? Sure, get in here. That's one heck of a storm. Do you have a towel I could use to dry off? Yeah, let me go downstairs and grab one. What's that kayak for? Oh, well, to get to the laundry room. You need a kayak to get around your basement? Well, just when it rains. Sounds like you need a new sump pump and fast. Check out Bowers Plumbing. They're the best in town. All their information is online at bowersplumbingcompany.com, Wichita's trusted plumber since 1955. You're driving down the road when suddenly your GPS tells you there's a detour ahead. That doesn't mean you just turn around and go home. At Baxter & Associates, we know that just because the directions may change, your destination hasn't. I'm Justin Baxter with Baxter & Associates. Let us help you map your financial future. Call 652-0101 or go to money-planning.com. Baxter & Associates, time well spent, money well invested, securities and advisory services offered through Sage Point Financial, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. These entities are not affiliated. For the past few years, my oak tree had been infested with scale insects. Those guys are nasty. No matter what I did, they kept coming back. Arbor Masters came to the rescue with the best customer service that I have ever experienced. Arbor Masters really know what they're doing, and I wish that more businesses had the same standards for overall service. Arbor Masters, ISA certified, honest, and professional, making you look good on the outside. Call 838-3111 or online at arbormasters.com. Gear up for summer fun with a new hat from Hatman Jacks. People always notice a great hat, and chances are it came from Hatman Jacks. Get to Delano early before the Wind Surge home games and drop by Hatman Jacks and pick out a perfect hat for ultimate sun protection for the game and all of your other outdoor activities this summer. Come see why people from around the nation make Hatman Jacks their destination. Just north of Riverfront Stadium at the Clock Tower in Delano or at hatmanjacks.com. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Only 26% of Democrats are excited that Joey's running. And I'm not sure he even gets through his first term. I'm telling you right now, be on the lookout. If we see more significant cognitive decline, watch out for Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. I made this prediction before. I think in the end he will end up being the nominee because I don't think anybody wants Kamala Harris either. Sean Hannity, afternoons at 2 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. We're talking Sean Hannity. Joe Biden is a cognitive wreck. Like watching a train wreck in slow motion. We're talking Dana Lash. How real do you guys want me to be? How straightforward? Because we live in a very sensitive society. How straightforward do y'all want me to be? The Glenn Beck Program. America needs to hear the truth. Coast to coast AM. I usually don't tell people this story because nobody believes me. Talk lives here. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. 
I'm Rodney Price. A 19-year-old Wichita woman was critically injured. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio, and make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page, and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And, of course, give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. We'd love to hear from you So amid outcry from top state Republican Party leaders, Kansas GOP Chairman Mike Brown said Friday he's asking the party's rules committee to reconsider a proposal that would have stripped power from elected officials and groups representing women, minority groups, and college students. The initial proposal advanced by the rules committee earlier this month would have dramatically overhauled the composition of the party's executive committee, which holds sway over major party decisions. Joining us now to explain why he's called for the Rules Committee to reconsider the proposal is Kansas GOP Chairman Mike Brown. Mike, thank you for joining us this evening. It's uh, nice to have you back on the show again, my friend. It is good to be with you, John. Um, In your statement, Mike, you said, I'll just quote you here, I have directed the Rules Committee to meet and reconsider its recent recommendation to the State Committee to change the makeup of the members of the Executive Committee. I believe this recommendation to reconsider will allow our party to refocus on expanding our party and winning elections. First off, let me say I agree because that does need to be the focus. We got, you know, elections coming up in just a few months. We got filing deadlines in a few weeks. So I agree with you there. My question is, rather than calling on them to reconsider, why didn't you just call on them to rescind the proposal or throw it out entirely? Well, okay, so let's start at the beginning on this. So. I want, I want to begin with where we are right now tonight. So I'm going to start with stating the following, that on Friday I did call for the Rules Committee Chair, and I asked for the committee to consider reconsider the recommendation. And I also shared that information in a letter to over 35,000 Kansas Republicans. I got that letter, and I, I liked it. Good. Yep. And so uh, there are some who say that the letter wasn't strong enough, and there are those out there who I have received emails from, including some elected officials today, 
that believe this issue should be debated and voted on by the full body. So there are varying opinions about all of this. My obligation as the chairman is not to dictate or bully our members one direction or another. It is to hear all sides and work to bring our party together. So as far as you know, will the Rules Committee reconvene and reconsider, or are they just going to push forward and let it be debated at the next convention? They will be reconvening, and they will be having a conversation and reconsidering this at my request. Let me ask you this, because, I, again, you know, it's interesting how the rumor mills start and then people start you know, taking sides on issues. Was this proposal one you supported or encouraged in any way, or did it come from the committee itself? Okay, so again, let me back up just a second. I'm getting a lot of feedback right now, John, so I want to stay focused, but I'm hearing myself echo. Um, So what I wanted to do was when when I became chairman of our party, um, I made the commitment that I would not put my finger on a scale, that I would let inner party elections and discussions play themselves out. And in, in that same spirit, Uh, I was not obligated to, but I chose to appoint the folks who were appointed to the three big standing committees, and that includes the Rules Committee. I asked each of our four congressional district chairs to recommend people for me to appoint to them, and by and large, that's exactly what happened. Vast majority of those were people that were recommended. So uh, we have a good cross-section of Kansans from across the state recommended by uh, varying groups and varying opinions within the Republican Party from our congressional district chairs, which I support. And I took those recommendations and put them on, in this instance, on the Rules Committee. The Rules Committee is so is comprised of a group of smart, intelligent, free-thinking Republican Kansans um, that, that I encourage them to go about their work and to bring forward resolutions that they thought that we needed to discuss, that needed to be considered. What they took off with, in my opinion, was the idea that there would be an intellectual and thoughtful debate about this topic, about shrinking down the executive committee to more closely align with the RNC. And there were other, other, uh, there were other reasons, but the bottom line is, is that none of those were racial in tone. All of those were intended to – from their perspective, which I learned after this had occurred, of course, but in their explanation, and this came from all of the members of the committee that I've talked to so far, that it was intended to be an intellectual conversation, not to be – have the fans flamed in in the media, local, the media statewide, or the media even nationally. Right. That was not their intent. They weren't trying to shove anyone off based on any particular – set of criteria. They were simply trying to get the the executive committee more closely aligned with the way the RNC committee is set up. Um, You know, the the fact of the matter is, is that while we're in the middle of of a conversation about about not shrinking the the size of the executive committee, I have in fact heard uh, in the last two days from several groups who want to know why they're not included and want to talk about expanding the executive committee. Yeah, there could be something to be said there about, you know, pachyderm clubs being on or, uh, you know, log cabin Republicans or something like that. Let me let me to get to the question, though. I mean, let me make sure. Was this a proposal that you would incur or is this came organically from the committee itself? This came organically from the committee. 
Got this you. was not I did was not behind it. I did not encourage it. I did not bring it forward. I was not a part of the discussion that we should. You know, I did not call anybody. I didn't say we. I, did, I said none of those things. Okay. I was not involved. I, I truly mean what I say, John. And what I'm saying here, and I want your listeners to hear me loud and clear. I believe in not putting my finger on the scale. That means both ways, not just a way that's convenient at the moment, but at all the time. In this particular scenario, I've had to interject myself because we needed to woe this conversation down. We needed to clear the air. We needed to have a bigger conversation inter-party. And, and in order to get to the conversation, we had to take some of the temperature off. We had to slow this down. So, and that's what I've done in calling for the, the rules committee to reconvene and get together uh, and reconsider this, which I expect they will reconvene. I expect it will be reconsidered. I expect that when, when we're all done with this, that the rules committee will pull it back and um, we will move forward with the rest of the resolutions that they brought forward, many of which were very solid and very good. It, and it, no one's even talked about them. That does sound pragmatic. I mean, it, it seemed fairly asinine to a number of folks to exclude, you know, young conservatives and minorities and women's groups right as we go into an election cycle. And I, and I saw the letter that the four GOP county chairs, uh, 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 rather the, the, the district chairs mm-hmm. um, representing the state's four congressional districts put out and some, you know, back, who backed you during your bid for state party chair. And they, they called it ill-conceived and lacking of justification, and the phrase they used was shocks the conscience. Earlier today, the Kansas Young Republicans and others have now started to call. They've said they've lost faith in the Rules Committee and have called for the chairman of the Rules Committee to resign. How do you feel about that? Do you agree with that? Should he resign as chair of the Rules Committee? John, that's the first time I've heard that. I did not hear that today. That was not brought to my attention by anyone. I, that is my first time hearing that. And uh, honestly, right now, I don't have an opinion on that. I have to think that through. I well, don't know the answer to I'm that. Sure, I'm sure it won't be the last time you'll be asked. But, yes, the Kansas sure. Young Republicans, and there are a number of others who have now started openly calling for the chair of the Rules Committee to resign. We're we're talking with uh, GOP Chairman Mike Brown, and, and I, think, you know, you've, I think you're doing the right thing. Hopefully they will rescind this. But, you know, you mentioned it earlier, and we have elections coming up this fall, filing deadlines in a matter of days. We really do need to focus on that because, you know, Democrats are. And down here, Brandon Whipple's already gearing up. He's already throwing attacks at, you know, his potential candidates. He's (laughs) fundraising. How is that effort going for the party? How is the state party doing on its fundraising goals and recruiting candidates and that kind of stuff? So we uh, have been actively fundraising, and I appreciate the opportunity to discuss that. Um, We we are uh, working with several large donors at this time. We've actually had uh, several of them contribute at this point. We also have worked on uh, the – what we call the 1776 Club, and that is uh, $17.76 a month uh, to join the club. And it goes on a recurring payment on a credit card or a debit card to the party, and it supports the Kansas GOP. Um, what you get in return for that is you become – it sounds a little, uh, I don't know, cliched, but you literally become a card-carrying member of the Kansas GOP, and your name is printed on a card, and we're excited about it. We've got a lot of people that are excited about it. We've got uh, a big goal in this, and we want what we're looking for is is for the 1776 club to help cover our monthly ongoing overhead expenses. And 
Uh, we know exactly how many it takes to get there, and I will, uh, I will say this. We're well over 100 contributors to that club at this point, and uh, we, we, the sky's the limit. Folks are excited about it and look forward to being a part of it. So fundraising is – we're moving along. It, it has certainly, I will say, um, the the constant chatter in the background by some members of the state committee, by some members of the executive committee, um, in telling donors not to donate, in specifically calling people and saying, do not donate to the party. Um, those things all come back to me, and they come back to others, and it's incredibly disappointing. There are things that I'm sure will be remembered at a later date, but for now, I don't have time to focus on those things. Um, as long as the money is getting to the candidates, what we care about is electing Republicans. I'm not in this for the credit. I'm not in this to post huge, big numbers. I'm not in this to make waves or advance my career politically. I, I am a uh, contractor and a businessman. I am successful in my own right. I am truly doing this to make our party stronger and better and to put more Republicans in place. We have got to get rid of Sharice Davids in the 3rd Congressional District of Kansas. And we have got to get a Republican in the White House. Joe Biden is an abject failure. Oh, yeah. And Sharice Davids is an ultra liberal, no matter what people think of her, no matter what she says in TV commercials. She yeah. is an ultra liberal. You're absolutely right. And, and I think we also have to be mindful of making sure that we put the right candidates forward, the right you know positions forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we also have to be unified. And that's something that we've struggled with in the past. You know, where we, we, we don't get behind our gubernatorial candidates, and that gets us four more years of Laura Kelly, for example. So, And we if, we if we do not get our act together here and get unified, get on the same page, and start moving in the same direction, John, we, we're going to suffer losses across yep. our state. You're right. I'm very excited to tell you right now that we have recruited a ton of candidates for local office from corner to corner in Kansas, school boards and city councils, and I am confident to say here with you now a large percent of those candidates that are republicans are going to get elected and republican ideals are going to begin to be plugged back into our schools and our city councils where we desperately need conservatism and pragmatism not liberalism uh that that's good to hear if folks are interested if they want to get involved if they want to donate they can visit kansas.gop correct that is us. And the seventeen seventy six uh, club. That's the you know, that's pretty expensive yeah. pretty cheap. That's a couple of Starbucks or you know, a trip to McDonald's or two. So you they folks can, should be able to afford that. It goes a long way and and uh, we're, we're really, really excited about it. It, it. it is something that is now being pursued by other state GOPs across America. We're being asked about it now about them rolling the same program out. So we're at the tip of that spear leading. Well, Mike, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you again for uh, joining us and carry on the fight, my friend. John, thank you for having me on. Go Republican. We'll uh, amen to that. We'll be taking your calls at 745, but coming up after the break, Speaker of the House Dan Hawkins will try to explain why Governor Kelly vetoed funding to preserve a stop on the Underground Railroad. (laughs) Okay, that's a head scratcher. (laughs) Studio lines are open 869-1330. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Prairie Bank Casino wants to know, how do you play? Are you chasing that ace at the blackjack table? Are you mastering me time at the Cedar and Sage Spa? Or 
Are you trying to drive it to the moon at the Top Golf Swing Suites? No matter how you play, Prairie Band Casino and Resort has something for everyone. Discover more ways to play your way. Prairie Band Casino and Resort. Where'd you get that grin? Right above your chin. You know the place. Puts a smile on your face. And he's the one. Frozen custard fun. Made fresh every hour. It's your happy power. Top your day. With a smile at Andy's. Top your day. With a smile at Andy's. Top your day. Looking for very good reasons to smile? Andy's Frozen Custard has just what you need. Strawberries, blackberries, and black raspberry. Fresh berries mean some very special treats, like the infamous Blackberry Waffle Jack, rich in creamy frozen custard blended with blackberries and a homemade buttery waffle cone. Grandma Elaine's Strawberry Shortcake Sunday is in Season 2. World's finest frozen custard, juicy strawberries, and warm shortbread made from a real family recipe. A special treat that will leave you smiling from ear to ear. Come eat and be berry at Andy's Frozen Custard. Weather brought to you by Rustiac Ford. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and True Social. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. And give us a call. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. Love to hear from you. The 2023 session, legislative session rather, uh, finally came to an end Friday. (laughs) Or did it? That's the question. Though late-term Laura signed the legislative K-12 education budget bill, narrowly avoiding a special session, she used her line-item veto on a policy piece within the bill And that is likely to end up in court, which means the session may or may not be entirely over. Speaker of the House Dan Hawkins joins us now to try and explain this whole debacle. Dan, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Nice to have you back in studio, brother. Doing great, John. Thanks for (laughs) thanks for inviting me. So uh, let me before we get to this, I know you you were here with us when Mike was on. You were one of the people who were in that list of executive positions that had a spot on the executive committee. Sure. That this rules committee proposal actually would have kicked you off the executive committee. Uh, thoughts? You know, I uh, I try to stay as much out of the party politics, the party part, uh, the party structure. I am on the executive committee, and there's enough uh, folks uh, talking about it out there. I just kind of. Left it alone. I haven't gotten involved in it. So, you know, you've actually developed this politician answer <laughs> real well, haven't you? Very strategic. I, I would imagine you agree with the notion that they should rescind it, though. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely. So, absolutely. It's so asinine to try and rule, take these groups out. Yeah. 
uh, especially going into we need to be united. We can't be cutting. I mean, we can cut the Democrats out, but, you know, we don't want to. I, I saw, I mean, if you, even the, the Democrats are fundraising off of this. I've got a letter here from the Kansas Democrat Party and your your counterpart across the hall. And uh, the, uh, let's see, Senator uh, Cindy Holscher and the chair of the party and, and your counterpart in the other chamber, as a matter of fact, have all been now coming out trying to raise money off of what we're doing. Sure. And it just doesn't help. No, it doesn't. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those, you know, I kind of look at this as probably an unforced error. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, uh, it was, you know, there was probably some folks out there that thought it was a great idea and people didn't just think it through before they started down that road. I I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, hey, wouldn't it be better if we were streamlined? Too many chefs spoil the, the, the brew. And there's something to be said with that. Right. But when you think about all the nuance... Maybe, you know, had we never included those groups, that's one thing. But now that they're in, you can't really kick them out. No, and, and, and you know, the especially the groups. I mean, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the legislative leaders that's on it or the statewides, you know, okay. But uh, those groups shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have went that far. That no. Was, that was a bridge too far. Who makes all the calls and does the door knocking? So, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now, okay, so let's talk a little bit um for those who aren't, this bill started, I mean, what really got her was the funding for the Underground Railroad. Can you walk us through a little bit about what that is, how it got inserted into the budget, and and how this whole thing, because that was another one that she did. She did two things, two policy pieces. Um, she did the policy piece, and then she did the Underground Railroad. Which do you want to take up first? So so, um, so the Underground Railroad, that, we're actually talking about the Quindaro Ruins or the Quindaro Cemetery up in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, which is, you know, is uh it was it was how the slaves were coming to the north and, and, and getting their freedom and and that was their landing spot there on the river. Um they landed there and got off the boats and, and then moved on and some of them stayed in that area. Um, you know, Marvin Robinson, you've heard that name Representative Marvin sure. Robinson a lot. Uh, Marvin has worked on that for 36 long years. It's not, this isn't a flash for him. This isn't just something new. He's worked on trying to preserve that and make it better for 36 years. And he's something Democrats hate. He's a centrist yeah. Democrat. He's well, not a liberal. Yeah, I would, I would say he's certainly a free-thinking Democrat. Yeah. Let's they like hate that, that even more. <laughs> um, but he is a Democrat, and, and, he, and, he, and he certainly has been a Democrat all of his life. Uh, but him and in, in that particular area do not necessarily agree with all of what the Democrat Party is doing, and and he said it probably best is you know I didn't leave the Democrat Party they left me, uh, and they left my district. Uh, the, that district's a fairly conservative thinking district. Um, they don't believe it's a good thing to have um, a biological male competing against women in their sports. Um, you know, the, the Women's Bill of Rights, I, I think they agree with the fact that we needed to do, to do that. Uh, so there's, there's just a, a several things that he uh, voted with the Republicans on, but he didn't vote just because he wanted to vote with the Republicans. He and his district truly, truly uh, agree with the, those bills, and, and he supported them. So that was a, a tough situation for him because they immediately started um, – you know, just pounding away at him. Yeah, you've and we've had you on the show. You've talked about that before. Yeah, they, the Democrats now are claiming that the that when you 
someone, I, I guess it was a senator, wasn't even, he's a member of the House. Yeah. A state senator inserted some provisions yeah. into the budget for funding for the stop on the Underground Railroad. And the Democrats now say that that's a payoff to Robinson, that basically you guys bought his votes. So so uh, I'm not sure how they, they – well, you can say anything you want, and they do say whatever they want, but that doesn't make it true. Um, the fact is, is, is Representative Robinson never asked for that money, did not even know that that provision had been put into the budget until it came to the floor. He had no idea. He didn't ask for it. And and for there to be, you know, somebody said, oh, it's a quid pro quo. Well, if it's a quid pro quo, you have to ask for something, and then you do something, and then somebody else, right. you know, that's not the way it worked. Dan, how many times when I was in the legislature did teachers go down and argue in favor of teacher tenure? <laughs> Every year. Every year. Right. So, yeah. I mean, let's talk about quid pro yeah. quo. I mean, it, that's, come on. But, it's asinine. But but what what really happened was was he went about doing his job. So he 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 presented a resolution uh, early on in the session. The resolution passed, and th- that resolution was to uh, get Quindaro on uh, a federal list, um, a historical uh, type list. He got that done, uh, and and he went on about his business all year long. He did not know anything about this. All of a sudden, uh, in in the uh, um, budget, um, I'm trying to think, omnibus budget, right. the last budget, which is just kind of a touch-up budget, uh, a senator from uh, from Salina uh, put it in, put that provision in. And so he didn't ask for it. He didn't know about it. It got put in, and, of course, it, it passed. And then the governor, uh, in her uninfinite wisdom, <laughs> uh, decided to veto it. One, probably one of the biggest... Uh, mess ups on her part I can think of is is vetoing that provision because that's something he's worked on for a long time. But you know, um, you know, she didn't like his votes, and so she she, she took, punished him for it. She punished him for and it. And what was her reasoning? Didn't she say because it didn't go through regular? Yeah, so that, that's an interesting thing because you know anything that she wants, it doesn't matter how it gets there. If she wants it, she wants it. Right. But if it's something she doesn't want and it doesn't go through quite the process she thinks it should, then all of a sudden she starts using these words like it didn't go through the process. Well, it did go through the process. The process is called a um, a conference committee. Right, you know, we have those conference oh, yeah. committees. Yeah. And a conference committee is where the Senate and the House come together to iron out their differences, and that was a difference. Here's the process. Did vote? Did both chambers vote on it? Both chambers did vote then on it. Then it went through the it process. There you go. The that's, that's the process. We're, we're talking with Speaker of the House Dan Hawkins. Let me, let me ask you about the other one, which was this line-item veto. The governor has a line-item veto on budget issues. Right. In the K-12 through budget, you guys inserted the provision that basically does away with the look-back. And the look-back, as I understand it, is when schools are determining their enrollment numbers for the purposes of getting their budget – they can choose to pick the best enrollment numbers over the last two years, right? which benefits them. So if we had five, sure. let's say we had 1,000 students this year and 1,500 students last year, then we're going to use the 1,500 number, which I've always questioned that because you should be getting paid for the students you have now, butts and seats, not your best case scenario. Correct. The other problem with this is if little Timmy goes to Derby this year, but Timmy went to Goddard last year, 
and Goddard needs Timmy. Goddard can claim him, and Derby gets to claim him, so they're both double-dipping, basically. That is correct. So and you it, did away with this. Right. So we changed that provision. Actually, that's just one. She was actually looking at four different provisions in the uh, K-12 through budget that she didn't like. Uh, ultimately, they decided on three of them to not uh, go forward with a veto. Uh, I think they realized that if they did – uh, court was in their uh, in their future. Uh, this one actually has the same effect, though. So the way it works is a governor has the ability to line item veto any appropriation items, spending, any, spending, absolutely. But they cannot they cannot veto any policy provisions at all. I mean, this and this is a policy provision. Now they're claiming that this it's kind of a gray area and and that there's a possibility that it has an effect on on you know spending, but it doesn't because it's a policy. It's it doesn't a allocate funds. It does right. not allocate right. any funds whatsoever. And so uh, they decided to go forward forward with it. Uh, we've already uh, asked the uh, attorney general's office to look at it and determine if it's uh, appropriate or not, or I should say unconstitutional. Um, I think that's what they're actually going to find is that it is unconstitutional. And, um, you know, the remedy is to go to court, file suit, and have the Supreme Court or um, maybe appellate court. But I'm sure it would be fast-tracked to the Supreme Court to uh, look at it and decide whether it was appropriate or not. Once again, we're going to court with the governor and spending taxpayer money to have to sue her because – you know, it's it's what she does. I, you know, Dan, we we appreciate you, brother. It's always nice to have you come in and explain these things. If folks want to get in touch with you, obviously it's danhawkinskansas.com. And on Twitter, you're danhawkinsks. They can get your the majority record there as well, your newsletter. And right? you can, in, on Facebook, you can go to Speaker Dan Hawkins, uh, and you can find me there also. Appreciate you, brother. Enjoy your off session. It won't be too long. You'll be back. Uh, I'm sure you've got interims and that kind of stuff. It'll so. go fast. It will. It will. Appreciate you, brother. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back. Take your calls. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this. Hurry in now to Mike Seltzer Jewelers. The selection at Mike Seltzer's is unbeatable. Their customer service will always exceed your expectations. Think about it. You can save 50% off on rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces. Does she love pearls or maybe her birthstone? Maybe diamonds are your girl's best friend. Either way, don't miss this chance to surprise her with something she'll love forever. From Mike Seltzer Jewelers, stop by today, 29th and Rock Road in Comaterra Center. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. May is the month for electrifying deals at Midwest Kia. The long-awaited return of rebates is here. So take advantage of factory incentives on eight different all-new Kia models with as much as $7,500 in lease cash or special 2.99% APR for 66 months. That's right. Electrify your ride with up to $7,500 in lease cash on 2023 EV6 or purchase with a special APR of 2.99% for 66 months. At Midwest Kia, you'll find inventory in stock and available today with pricing that is never over MSRP and a better way to buy that is simple, transparent, and fast. Searching for a quality pre-owned vehicle? At Midwest Kia, we have doubled our inventory of certified pre-owned vehicles and are proud to be the only local dealer that can offer Kia manufacturer certification, giving you the peace of mind you deserve. Drive away with Kia's amazing 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty on every new and certified pre-owned Kia today. And remember, we want to see you in a Midwest Kia. 
bonus for well-qualified lessees. Limited powertrain warranty valid May 2nd to June 1st. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-924-7415. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-924-7415. Handle on the law. Uh, you get everything she owns, done, then uh, property transfers when she dies. But you're going to get it no matter what. So By the way, what's... When the will says, uh, everything comes to me, that also right. includes That's not... this property? Yeah, it includes everything. Okay. Look up the word everything. Yeah. It's it's generally defined as everything. All things. Well, <laughs> everything. Kind of, kind of Not of some of the things. All things. It's everything. You'll get it okay. all. Handle on the law. Saturday afternoons from 3 until 6 on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. You can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Give us a call. Studio lines are open 316-869-1330. Would love to hear from you uh, if you've got comments on any of the topics that we've already discussed this evening in particular. Love to hear your thoughts on the, the Kansas GOP and the Republican Party, what they've how the Rules Committee. Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I, I'm hoping the Rules Committee does the right thing and just takes that, uh, takes that proposal and puts it in the old circular file. <laughs> that would be the best thing they could do. Um, you know, we've talked about this issue before. I've had Riley Gaines on the show multiple times. And, you know, Dan and I've talked about it. he alluded to it in Marvin, Marvin Robinson's votes. But here's another story. And people say this never happens. It has happened multiple times. And here's another one, May 21st. So literally just this month. So May 21st, 2023. Um, and this uh, <laughs> this story is from California. Go figure. Trans high school track runner. Rob's female athlete of state championship. Another day, another biological male taking opportunities from de- deserving females. Athena Ryan took second place Saturday in the high school women's 1600 meter race at the North Coast Meet of Champions in California. The top three athletes advanced to the state track and field championships next week. So the fourth place finisher. Adeline Johnson missed her chance to compete in states by just one spot, which means she also missed 
college scholarship opportunity, opportunity to you know to get exposure to uh, opportunities to win scholarships, maybe an opportunity to get a, a better college application, something like that. Ryan, a junior at Sonoma Academy, competed on the man, on the men's team in 2021, but he's been running in women's events for the past two seasons. In Saturday's meet, he clocked a season record four minutes, 55 seconds in the 1,600-minute finals. He would have finished last in the male category. So he finished second in the women's. Had he been competing where he belonged, he would have been last. He wouldn't have even made the top six. Wouldn't have even made the podium. The dude doesn't belong competing with girls. The slowest male time in the preliminaries was 4.46. The slowest male time in the finals was 4.35. This dude got 455, and he got second place with the women's. I I mean, a group of advocates had a banner at the event that simply read, protect female sports, and they were eventually asked to leave and then escorted off the premises. (laughs) I mean, this is just, I can't make this stuff up, folks. You know, you, you can't make this stuff up. I'm sorry. Men don't belong competing in women's sports. And no matter what he wants to identify with or pretend to be, he's not a female. He's a male, and he should be competing with the male. Period. End of story. We'll take a quick break, but after the top of the hour break, former Fox News contributor Kevin Jackson will be with us to discuss what Trump and Biden's latest controversies say about the 2024 election. You're listening to John Whitmer Show. We'll be back right after this. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 